What you about to witness is my thoughts. Just my thoughts, man. Alright, how's this? Much better. Level's good. Level's good. Nice. Sounds good. Alright. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, thank you. What's up, folks? I know it's been a while. Hey, I apologize. But the good news is I'm officially a little bit more freed up now. We're going to be going hard on content all summer long. My partner, Mr. Ryan Strebel, just moved home this weekend, so we are going to be going hard on the content. But today, we got a very, very special guest. <laughs> One I'm super excited about. We haven't actually met in person. We've talked a lot on Instagram. Yeah. Um, he's a father. He's a businessman. He's now an author <laughs> of a book I just finished, The Magical Now, Mr. Matt Kelly. What's hey, up, brother? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Excited this is about cool. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we we've never met in person, but I did I did a five K that you uh, you organized a couple years back um, for the fitness mag. Yeah. And I showed up, and I just started getting into five Ks, and uh, I I just I saw the whole operation, like the way you guys organized it. I was like, yeah, this is this is awesome. It was a shit show. It, well, I mean, it, you couldn't <laughs> tell as a runner. Oh, or, that's or, good. You know, as a, as a jogger. Those are the worst, the worst <laughs> things ever. Like, the last one almost killed me. I'm never doing another one of those again. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like a buzzer beater type of guy, so, like, I do a lot of shit last minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't really do that with a 5K. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we kind of dropped the ball in the last one. I lost, like, a couple thousand dollars. Wow. Whatever. Yeah, yeah next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right on. So, that, that kind of took the, the uh, wind out of the sails for that kind of stuff, but... Maybe we'll get back into events eventually. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. It was fun. The one that I did, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Last minute or not, it it, it worked out. So, what made you decide to write a book? Because I've been thinking about doing this for years. Just never picked up the pen and paper. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I was thinking about that. I've been asked that a lot. And I I think that uh, one of the main things that I wanted to do is, is... share a lot of the stuff that I had learned. So I went I went through a couple years where I just devoured audiobooks. Yeah. Like I mean hundreds of them. Literally. Which I want to interrupt you. Yeah. The go. great myths. That like changed my life. So <laughs> yeah. thank you very much. For yeah, no no that. problem. No problem. Well, I, I went crazy and I had a lot of road time. I was I uh, had just started a job at Salesforce and I was a, a sales guy who had a territory in South Florida. And so I was I was flying there you know, at least once a week, ton of time driving to the airport, a ton of time on, you know, on airplanes or whatever. And I was just listening to all these books, a lot of nonfiction stuff. And, um, you know, the reason why I started to write the book is just because this was filling my head all the time. And I, I couldn't really talk about, not a lot of people want to talk about stuff like that. Oh, I do all day. Yeah. Oh, right. (laughs) Right. I'm sure we will right now, but, but like, I don't know. I just wanted to, talk about it really so yeah. I started writing a book and then a bunch of people told me that I couldn't write a book and I shouldn't write a book and there's, yeah yeah there's yeah. no you know oh well, you know there's no way that you'll publish a book and I was like well that's not true <laughs> I, I, I definitely can and I I definitely will so that's you the did. book yeah yeah I, I enjoyed it I think like most people especially since you're not like a trained writer right oh yeah you oh, did yeah. a really good job thank you like, a lot of people, like, if I've read that they're not really writers, you can't really tell where they're going with it, but you did a really good job. Thank you. Everything. Thank you. I, I think I think a lot of that was just I all the books that I read, right, like, they were well laid out. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I kind of, like, imitated 
I mean, you hear about this with a lot of people that write books, how it's like derivative. Like, it's like, you know, oh, well, this sounds just like this other book or this mm-hmm. author sounds just like this other author. And I, I think there's a there's a big part of that that came into this book is me just, you know, following and reading a ton of other authors and trying to come up with something that was like respectable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, it's a mediocre book. Like for all those people who might might buy it because of this show, it's not the best book you'll ever read. However, you will get something. Out of it, that yeah, I, you you'll walk away at least thinking something cool at some I mean, point. I mean, what was it? Nine dollars on Amazon? Yeah, eight, yeah. Yeah, basically nine bucks. Yeah, worth every fucking penny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. In fact, I'll uh, if anybody wants it, I'll buy I'll buy a copy for you. Just let me know. Um, it's cool. So I, I know you have a son. Yeah. I think about this a lot. Like as far as like what kind of stuff I want to leave behind for him was oh, that yeah. part of like your decision to write a book? Yeah, yeah. He he uh, he was just born, so I started writing it a couple weeks after he he came to us, and so. I had a lot of time, like late night, just kind of sitting up and I don't know, looking at him and you know whatever. Which you, so, which you can't understand unless you have a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just sat down. And I was like, you know what? I want to write a book, and I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to literally do it right now. And you started it. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's part of I don't know the first couple chapters. At some point, I talk about that how you know we're just hanging out and. I just picked up. I just picked up my phone and started, you know, writing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you inspired me. Like I, uh, ever since I read your book, I've I've been writing for about half an hour to an hour every awesome. single day. Yeah, just different topics. I'm just posting them on Instagram. They honestly they suck, but they're, I mean, I'm just writing to write so I can get better yeah, at it. So I yeah. can publish a book. Yeah, man, you just that's that's all it takes really. It's just it's just a little moment when you share your thoughts. I mean, that's you know. If you whoever reads this book, you know I'm glad that you did. You'll see little typos. You'll see little things where it's like it's obvious that the guy who wrote this was an amateur. <laughs> and 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 beyond that, like to take that to the next step, like when I actually decided to publish it, I mean I got on Fiverr. I found a guy to edit it for like I don't know fifty bucks. I found a guy to come up with the the cover for like thirty bucks. Seventy two hours later, it was published. <laughs> like. You know, like it's, you just got to do it, dude. How long did it take you? Uh, well, I sat on it for almost two years, like oh, really? about a year and a half. Okay. Like just fully written, everything ready to go on my computer. And I just, I stopped and I thought it wasn't long enough or I thought it wasn't good enough or I thought, you know, I need to like go back and write all this other stuff because it's just not complete and I went back at some point and I read it or I read part of it and I just realized that like it's it's good enough <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know what I mean like it's good enough like it's I don't need to like artificially try to make it better just because I think I'm worried about what other people think about it yeah I was just gonna say I feel like it be like it, it takes a lot to really put yourself out there and be like hey I wrote a fucking book hey, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah read it and yeah please please read please, please buy it like how hard was that? Like just putting, yeah. cause I mean, you're putting your brain in the, on paper yeah, and sharing it with people. Yeah. Well, I, I, I rolled it out pretty slow. So when I, when I first, um, I thought about that before I did it and you know, I didn't want to go like really, really big and wide and like dump a bunch of money into ads and like, dude, I don't know. Like I wanted to see what people thought about it first. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I built 
a, a separate Instagram page. I followed a couple people that I know. I sent them, you know, I sent like 10, 20 people I know text messages with the link from Amazon when it first dropped. Mm-hmm. And I got some reviews and people, you know, that I trusted read it. They First off, they bought it, which was yeah. already awesome, right? Secondly, they read it and gave me, you know, some type of like feedback. Like, hey, like, this is actually pretty cool. I like this. And one, once I got that feedback, I realized that, you know, this was a good idea and I started to like really like start posting about it and and go wide. So I was a little hesitant at first to like connect myself to it, but you know, now now it's, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for other people to really like sink, sink their teeth into it. Are you going to keep writing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You already have one going? Uh, I've got some ideas for books going, right? I think that's, that's where I started with this book where, uh, I basically just came up with a table of contents. Like okay. that was the, that was step one, is you know what do I want this book to be about, and what would I want the chapters to be about. So just like bullet point list of like here's the shit that I will put in this book. That's cool, right? Okay. And then you know like you have to have like some type of intro. So put an intro, some type of like about the author. You know like just you everybody reads books. Like open a book and see, you know, what they put in the book, and then just. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so uh, I've got several tables of contents. Okay. But. I got my title for my book. Yeah. It's going to be The Fuck Ups of Our Forefathers. Oh, okay. It's going to be history lessons of people that really made stupid decisions that changed the course of history. That's interesting. You you could you could make that into a series. That could be a. <laughs> that could, yeah. I mean, that could be a ton of just content. Stealing from. Yeah, no shit. People, humans have fucked up a lot. But I'm just. Um, Basically stealing like the subtle art of not giving a fuck about yeah. marketing. Like, yeah. Might as well put fuck in the title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think people like that. I, I think people people like the profanity. Like you know, they they like the casualness mm-hmm. of of some of that. You yeah. know, it's not too um I don't know what the word is, like studious. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. That's the wrong word. Polished. Yeah. 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 I th- I mean that's like a popular thing now just in general. Like I think people are more like Joe Rogan, for instance. Yeah, like that dude just says crazy shit all the time. Yeah, people fucking love it. Oh yeah, because it's not like this polished, like weird, not real shit. Yeah, and I, it works. And that's I, that's how I want to be. I follow. I definitely follow it. it I, I think you 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 come off a lot more genuine. You know, like I've I've been in sales for a long time, and I've I've hired a bunch of salespeople. I've done a lot of different things like that. And one one of the things that I've told a new salesperson that's just starting their career in sales is at some point you just got to be vulnerable like you just have to like be yourself because the more you try to not be yourself the less trustworthy you sound the less you know convincing you sound you sound like you're trying way too hard and you're scared do you are you in like a school of thought as far as sales no 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 i'm not i mean i i think there's so many different schools of thought mm-hmm. that are great and they're well organized and they're easy to replicate. And, and I think knowing and training um, in, in many different versions of that is a great idea. I mean, mm-hmm. t- tons of great stuff out there to just like pick up on. But I think every person is different. Like everybody you sell to is a different person. Yeah. And they think differently, right? They have a different um, personality type. They have a different 
background upbringing there they might be a youngest child or a, a younger brother versus an only child or a you know whatever and and like all of that makes the person you're selling to unique mm-hmm. and trying to follow a methodology as a as a the only way to sell is right. is bullshit <laughs> like it just, it just is you know? do you have a favorite salesperson that you learn from not like uh, a person learn from but like read about or I, I've done a lot of, of Sandler training. Sandler's yeah. pretty cool. Um, I've done that. I, I got a, a CD, an audio recording of him going through actual like sales training and role plays with people. Okay. And hearing David Sandler go through Sandler... It's like it's like to, it's like hearing you know I don't know whatever it, it it was it was really interesting to hear him so I thought that was a really cool experience there's a lot of really like um semi famous I'm sure they're like f list celebrities or whatever but yeah. that but that are Sandler trainers that you know pull in I mean huge huge training uh, weekends that companies you know send all their salespeople to. I think those people are awesome. I'm sure they're great salespeople, but like, I don't know. I, I, I think that the real people that you meet, the people who actually are selling shit every day mm-hmm. and not just trying to sell somebody else on how to sell, sell something, yeah. right? Like yeah. real salespeople, I, I meet tons of them all the time. Like I come across them all the time and, and I like meeting new salespeople who are actually in, in the game. So no, I don't have a favorite person, but but like meeting new ones and talking to them and hearing about what they're doing and how they sell and mm-hmm. their career and whatever like that that's a cool that's a cool uh, uh, way of thinking about meeting salespeople and who to follow and who to learn from. Yeah, I mean yeah. you're and you're in the big league, so anybody that's getting into sales like somebody you should listen to about how to sell. <laughs> I mean, Salesforce I mean, and the healthcare. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know it's it's very cool. We 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 sell a lot of things that people don't really um, know about yet. Okay. And so we we sell a lot of like new concepts and new ideas that um, many of the customers who are really like listening to us and listening to what we have to say. It's it's a pretty big learning curve, and so that's a really interesting. Um, I, I don't know if I'd call it the big leagues as much as I'd say it's really hard to sell something that somebody doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah. You, you know? Yeah. Right? Like, it's... it's. I, I don't know. Like, I, I know some people who sell cars who are in the big leagues. They sell cars. That's, That's a, a different type of sale. It's a different type of sale, but they're, yeah. they're making huge money. That like, quick... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did... Um, right after right after my first company failed after college, you know, don't go to... Don't go get a real job after college and pay your loans back. Just pretend to start a business. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was selling uh, windows and gutters and siding sure. and shit. Yeah. Table, across the table. Yeah. It's like cutting my teeth in sales. Yeah. Ooh, it's like gladiator school. Yeah, yeah. You have to do the one call close. Yeah. So I learned to. a lot of those like quick like manipulation tricks. Yeah. But then whenever I started selling software, it's like that shit doesn't work over the phone. No. You got to actually like find a problem and give a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. It's yeah, I agree. Where did you start selling? Uh, well, I so I went to Purdue for a couple years, and I left Purdue because I one I just wasn't really doing anything there other than not going to class and yeah. not learning and not giving a shit about it at all. Right, and yeah. and 
I, you know, so I left and I, I went to a school called Full Sail University in, in uh, Orlando and I went to learn how to produce music. So it's a, it's a recording arts degree. You, you mm-hmm. learn how to work in a, inside of a studio. Right, I need a producer for the podcast. Just saying. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you you got a good setup here. You know what you're doing. You don't need. Uh, yeah, I push the on button and then click record. <laughs> right. That's about yeah. So you're good. My knowledge. Yeah. You're good. You're good. But but anyway, so I I left or I graduated from that program and I came home to Indianapolis and I I got a bunch of side jobs, just jobs to start making some money and. Uh, I attempted to launch a rap career. No shit. Yeah. So what? I, yeah, I was a rapper. My name is Mean Maddie Green. So when you when you okay. you know when you uh, when we're DMing on on Instagram, you're DMing with MMG Mean Maddie Green. That's the that's the the stage name or whatever. Okay. So anyway, wait, is there another Mean Maddie Green? No, there's no. So I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've come across some. Yeah, there there might be there might be some stuff out there, but. I started selling myself, mm. right? Like the, the product that I was selling was me. Okay. And my talent and my personality and my style and my ego and you know, so I was I was selling attempting to sell me showing up somewhere and just being there, right? Mm. Like that's what you sell when you're a rapper or an entertainer is like I'm just going to show up, you're going to pay me to be there. I might do something at some point that reflects who I, you know, my act, and then I'm going to leave. We might sell tickets for other people to see me, right? But mm-hmm. other, otherwise, like that's that's what you're saying, and it just didn't work. Like, okay. I made no money. Like literally, like I don't that's think tough. exactly. And and I paid for the school that I went to myself. So, uh, meaning I got student loans, and so I had to uh, pay those student loans back. Right, sure, like yeah. you know, you can't not pay your loans, basically. So I was yeah, like, right, well, right, you're right. I'm not paying my back. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, anyway, I That's Sally, not financial my, advice, by the way. Yeah, yeah. D- disclaimer: reconsider you get a whether huge or not. Tax bill, <laughs> yeah, humongous yeah. tax bill, but it's way less than paying your loans. Back. Yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, I. Uh, Sally Mae was calling my parents' house. I was living at home and um, leaving messages. I wasn't paying my bill, you know, whatever. And my parents were like straight up. My parents like looked at me and were like, hey, rapper, like uh, we are 100% not paying your loans. Were they like, like co-signed with you? My mom was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My mom did. And and uh, anyway, they just said, hey, straight up, we're not paying them. So figure it out or you're going to have to like – really like get serious about what what it means to default on your loans and there's like what that means for your future and whatever mm-hmm. and and uh i stumbled into a job as a cold caller for a company called vontu it was a startup SaaS company and they sold uh marketing technology that you could record a voice message and deliver it to a, a set of phone numbers that had opted in provided consent to receive these voice messages okay. right so Stumbled into it. They wanted me to make uh, 80 cold calls a day. They gave me a list. They logged me into Salesforce. They gave me a script. And they told me just, I mean, figure it out. Like, you know, like I did did some like practice rounds and and whatever with my my peers. But I started and I was just like immediately great at it. 
Like I like just I was like so 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 good at it from like day one. Nice. And and so the quota was eighty phone calls a day and two appointments. And I was setting eight appointments a day on average in my first in my second week. And yeah, and and everybody else in my role, there were like four or five other people. I mean, they just could barely hit two. Like it, you know, they just like hated doing it. You could tell they hated it. Yeah. And so that came through on the phone. Like they Absolutely. gave up really easily. Like the phone started getting really heavy as the day went on and they stopped, you know, it just, you could tell like they just didn't like doing it. And so I, that's, that's where I started. That's okay. a, that's a really long answer to a no, easy that. question. So, <laughs> so then when was this? How, how long ago? Uh, this was 2000. So I started December, 2009 or no, no, no. 2009 basically okay. I don't know either the beginning or the end of 2009 okay and then from there from there you went on to what yeah um, that company was going to get purchased by exact target at the time maybe uh-huh. that was the plan exact target uh, did not move forward with the acquisition of Bontu. that day like 99% of the people in the company got let go Damn. yeah so I got, I, I interviewed at a bunch of different places. I ended up taking a job with a company called Cario, which was a startup um, medical billing software out of uh, Southern California. And so I was going to work remote. I was going to work in my parents' basement. They were going to ship me a computer and a headset and whatever. And uh, yeah, we. I was the 14th employee at that company. Flew out there a couple times a year, but in the in the next like four, I worked there for about four years. Within that period of time, I mean, we got several rounds of funding. We grew huge. Like I was a twenty-four year old, twenty-five year old, uh, you know, sales manager. I had six or seven sales reps under me. Like, and I just you know it 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 was a really good product at a really good time in the market. Obamacare really had just like became a thing that mandated that all these practices. Um, basically get off of paper like they had to uh, switch to electronic health record uh, for their for pa- sales yeah yeah so it was just I mean you know we were really successful but it was equally about the times that we were selling in mm-hmm. and the opportunity that we had in the market rather than like we were just good, you know we just wanted to make money that's all we needed to do right. right otherwise the market was just ready for what we had so yeah that's that was what's next then I went to Asalis Healthcare. Yeah, so I think that's whenever I came across you. I think I might have actually come across you on LinkedIn before anything else. Yeah, maybe. And you were, this was after I left my, no, this is after I got fired. I was moonlighting. Okay. <laughs> Selling to a potential customer, a different service. Yeah. Um, never thought I'd get fired in my life, but that was a different I mean, story. And then yeah, I remember seeing you posting on LinkedIn, like, hey, look for sales reps. I was like, man. I kind of just want to work by myself, but this looks like a cool thing. Yeah. Because I went to school for healthcare administration. That's so cool. Like, I think I need to be in healthcare. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, just uh, that's kind of how I started following you. Nice. And then I we, had some, we, we had some wild on. job postings back then. Yeah. Well, I just remember you posting a lot, like, hey, we're hiring yeah. sales reps. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. We had to, we had to build a team. You ended up being the chief revenue officer? Yeah. Yeah. Chief revenue officer. Yeah. I, I, I started... Uh, as a sales leader and I had to hire a bunch of salespeople and train them how to sell software to medical mm-hmm. practices, which was something I knew how to do. We did that. 
Um, I started um, sort of co co leading, really influencing the way that our marketing department functioned and what we were doing marketing wise mm-hmm. um, to to drive in leads and really like create a, a model that we could reasonably forecast growth. Um, at some point, we we started to really rethink the way that we implemented new clients. So that really um, led to some. Um, some alignment and some work with our support department. Um, we launched a new revenue stream, which was chronic care management. So we, we basically had to, chronic care management is a service, it's, a, it's brilliant, where uh, you uh, practice has a number of patients that have uh, two or more chronic conditions, right? And these, these uh, chronic conditions require um, a certain care plan that really means it's lifestyle change like these people Mm -hmm. they might have hypertension and diabetes so they have to eat differently they have to walk you know 20 minutes a day they have to do all these things that their 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 medical professional their practice uh recommends they do well a lot of people a lot of patients don't do this so what chronic care management provides is this service where you call these patients and you basically just review their care plan how are you doing like are you checking your blood sugar are you taking a walk every day you know what you just read the care plan they say yes or no you you record their answers and you get to bill insurance for like 40 bucks for that phone call right yeah so what we did is we uh split the revenue with the practice so they would give us their list of patients we built a call center right we just it was simple like you make x number of calls a day you connect to x number of patients you record these phone calls then we bill them right right so we scaled that department up pretty quickly. I mean, we went from like, I don't know, two employees to 60 at, at some, by the time we were done. So you partner with healthcare providers and basically you're calling on their behalf? Yeah. So this is a selfish question, by the no, way. No, no problem. So, so like what we provided were three things already, okay. right? The customers that we signed on were medical practices who needed software to run their business, mm-hmm. put all their patients into that software to document their medical visits and take their notes and what they're diagnosed with and what the plan is and whatever, and then create a medical claim on the back end to, to send that claim. We also had a service where we could provide medical billing on their behalf. So all of the claims that they create in the system, we would send them and deal with insurance to make sure they get paid. Right? That's what, that's what mm-hmm. the company did. Okay. It just so happened that a lot of these practices that used our software and our service and whatever had a fairly large population of patients that needed chronic care management. So it was really simple. Like we weren't signing up new customers to, to the service. We were just calling all of our existing customers and saying, allow us to make these phone calls. You don't have to pay us anything for it. You get $20 for every patient we talk to, and then we'll just take the other 20. Yeah. Did you, have you ever uh, heard of exotic car hacks or, um, watch trading Academy? No. So the, the owner of that business talks about this principle. He's great. He's got some really great books. Third Circle Series, Third Circle Theory. Sorry, and um, Radius was my favorite. But he talks about this principle where you're—it's called. He calls it handcuffing. So basically, you bring in this new service to your already existing customers, mm-hmm. and that's like how you grow exponentially. Yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, literally. Need to implement that in my business. Yeah, I mean, it's. There's a lot of cool stuff um, in the medical field, like just the, the the direction that a lot of um, 
practices and hospitals and I mean there's there's a whole um, sphere of supporting businesses for healthcare right there's I mean services organizations and there's there's recruiting firms that you know uh, uh, clinical staff a, a lot of them are burnt out right so mm-hmm. there's a lot of services that just help these providers deal with HR stuff right I mean it's it's a it's a big big market and I'd say there's probably five six seven pretty easy additional services that if if your customer is a medical practice of any kind of any mm-hmm. size um, that's all my customers yeah yeah that's all I do yeah. is medical they probably have five yeah. or six the best thing that we we learned how to do is is um, ask them to kind of walk through their vendor list okay. how many people are invoicing you as a customer how many bills are you paying a year? Let's yeah. say. I mean, it doesn't have to be monthly, right? Like all of a sudden you realize that they've got a software company that they, they pay. They've got um, probably a recruiter, probably a marketing company, like an agency. It sounds like that's kind of where yeah. you fit in, right? They've got, um, uh, you know, medical supply company. They've got, I mean, just blah, 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 blah. They've got all of these places that have signed them up as a customer and are billing them. Mm-hmm. If they could, if you... If you have a customer that trusts you enough to actually show you that, all the different places that they are paying somebody else, easily come up with a business model for two or three of them and just lump it all together. Okay. Vin- uh, vendor consolidation is a huge play. Vendor consolidation. Yeah. I've never even heard or thought yeah. of it. Yeah, dude. It's, yeah. I mean, you obviously have to have the ability to do all of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. We, um, so we work with a medical chat company um, and all of their physicians have basically what we're doing is run PPC campaigns for all, for all these uh, surgeons mm-hmm. that are in like private practices mm-hmm. and then they go in through this medical chat application and schedule surgery through that yeah so I'm trying to think of like how can we expand our business to like do more than just PPC campaigns whenever sure. we have so much experience in other stuff so I'm I mean, a lot of this I point. mean a lot of, a lot of them have no real handle on content Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, one one company that's like the competition um, of this chat company that we work with, they have like a call center where they field calls for yeah. for medical practices because apparently all these medical practices miss so yeah. many opportunities to oh, schedule yeah. patients. Yeah, and that seems like a pretty lucrative. Yeah, pretty lucrative place to go. Yeah, I I think um, we we run into a lot of them. Now these are probably much bigger organizations. I don't know how big your biggest customer is, but a lot of a lot of these companies also outsource a ton of their just technology administration. Like people who, like they want you to run PPC, but they run their own email program, right? Yeah. They send out a newsletter. They've got a, a person in a at a desk somewhere that twice a month sends out a list email to all their patients with a, a newsletter, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of them are just starting to let those people go and just outsource the they own the software they just need somebody to log into that software that they own and press send right right so where do you see healthcare going that's a i know it's a huge question <laughs> yeah so what, what, where do you see i guess uh, patient care going do you I see it changing yeah i do i think it's it's i think it's being led by patients that are changing the way that they buy everything. Okay. Right? Like, patients are also buying groceries online. Mm-hmm. They're buying their cat food and dog food online. 
and having it delivered to their door every day, every month, right? Yep. They're 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 no longer going to the mall, right? All of their clothes that they buy, they buy online through Instagram ads, yeah. right? All of their um, I don't know, like sometimes even just the meals that they cook at home, like they're not even buying groceries, they're buying a box that shows up with the exact ingredients that they use so they don't have to cut or slice or like right right so like those patients are really leading the way in showing healthcare uh, really hospitals is what we're talking about like how to adapt to be a little bit more concierge a little bit more like accessible mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, customers who are asking us to help them improve their access to care yeah did, uh, another topic that we, we talk about a lot is digital front door. There's a lot of um, patients who go to a website for a hospital and they don't know where to start. Like, right. what do I even need to, who, who do I even need to see to even tell me what I should even know about the questions that I don't even know to ask, right? right? So, yep. so many patients have avoided healthcare for so long, they have no idea where to start. And so... I, I see a lot of healthcare brands like completely changing the way that they um, address helping a patient through that journey. And, and there's so much data now on all of us that allows anybody, any brand really, to like know as much as they need to know about you mm-hmm. before they before you even say hello, right? Like, you know, it is possible to know that I, as a consumer, I like I drive a black SUV, right? I eat red meat. I I like whiskey, right? Like all all of these things. Like I occasionally smoke a cigar. Like all all these things that are indicators that I'm unhealthy, or I you know I have certain <laughs> I have certain like I love habits. all those things, and I'm quite healthy. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm not right. So like, what? How does a brand differentiate between you and I who? you know smoke cigars and and drink whiskey and eat red meat that you're healthy and likely have decent blood pressure and like blah mm-hmm. blah blah and in me who doesn't right i own uh, uh an exercise bike at home i have purchased all manner of different exercise equipment i mean my my consumer habits indicate that i am a healthy person and in reality that i'm i'm really not so how do they know that right how do they know there's more data, right? What do I order when I go to a restaurant, right? Yeah. What do I, like, how often do I order? How, how often am I buying DoorDash? Every fucking day. Every day, dude. Every day. And, and what am I ordering? I'm ordering pizza. And I'm ordering, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know, man. Like, what? I, I am ordering pizza from DoorDash and paying extra DoorDash fees and extra delivery fees and a markup. When I could just literally call that exact same pizza place yeah. and just order, and they'll just drive it to my house, and I, yeah. all I do is pay a tip. Or I'll drive two miles from this place that nope. I get it from. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No, nope. I have to leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I think we spend about $1,000 a month on DoorDash. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. I'm not uh, above that at yeah. all. <laughs> but any, I don't know. Anyway, it, you know, th- that's where I see healthcare going is, is a healthcare... Well, retail consumer experience? Well, just... Better using data to understand yeah. what's what who who a person actually is because yeah. a lot of people lie to their doctor. Oh yeah, they straight up fabricate so many aspects of their life when they go to the. Do you smoke weed? 
No. <laughs> huh? Do you? D- do you? Do you, uh, you know, how often do you exercise? Oh, I don't know. You know, often. Yeah. Okay. You know, five, how six, seven, how are you sleeping? Oh, I'm sleeping pretty you know, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's, you're able to know a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, before you even ask somebody. Yeah. Right. And then because you know more about that person, you're able to personalize some of the ways that you ask questions. I'm reading a really good book. I'm about probably three fourths of the way through it called Deep Medicine by Eric Topol. You ever heard no. of him? So he's like a pretty much like a healthcare futurist, if you will. But it's about like the role that AI is gonna play in the future of healthcare. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. Like all this stuff that you're talking about, like consumer data points, at whenever AI is at the point where it can basically do all the oh, work yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. So like to me I see the future of healthcare as being um Starting more like from the ground up instead of like big centralized, um, what am I thinking of? Like hospital systems. Yeah. I see it going way more like decentralized and a ton of different, um, or I, maybe it's just hopeful thinking, but a ton of different like providers. Yeah. All connected on this big ass network. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's, it's possible. I think, I think, uh, you know, we, we hear about companies that are doing really cool stuff to to provide like one off services to, to take a very small piece of the market. Like mm-hmm. like you um, a small piece of the healthcare market is still a big ass piece. Yeah, yeah. So like nutrition for instance, or, yeah. or like um, like there are these companies who offer a simple DNA test. It's like not a it's not super comprehensive, it's not like genetics and like all this other stuff that people can do with DNA, but it's a simple DNA test. And it, it automatically sees that you have deficient, not only that you have deficiencies in certain vitamins or mm-hmm. minerals or whatever, but that your body can or cannot process certain types of vitamins and minerals. And yeah. so what it will be able to do, and I, I don't know if they're actually able to actually do this today, but the point is that they would be able to design a multivitamin specifically right. to your DNA. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's your pill. It's only your pill. Yeah. Right. It's if your wife took it, it wouldn't do the same stuff. Right, and so it, it like that is. I'm very interested yeah. in that. I, yeah, from yeah. what I've read so far, that's not. That's almost like a dog and pony show still. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I uh, I mean, I think the future of it's like it's really very cool. cool. It's a very cool idea. But I think so far, it's not really shown. Um, and the only reason I know this is from this book is it's shown that it's not really been verifiably effective. Yeah. Um, they think, also talk a lot about having like a, a medical coach at all times. Yeah. Like somebody you call, not like a doctor, but somebody's like keeping an eye on your numbers basically. Yeah. Like I have a whoop band that's been dead for two days and I'm like freaking out 24 <laughs> seven now. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like I'm getting so much data on my body that mm-hmm. like I, I'm obsessed with being healthy now. That's awesome. It's yeah. yeah, but it's also like a bad thing sometimes. Like if I don't get a good night's sleep, I know that as soon yeah. as I wake up, and I'm like, "Fuck, I got bad sleep. I'm tired all day." Yeah, I don't get enough sleep. Like the last two days, I didn't get enough sleep, but I feel great because I didn't see a bad whoops. Yeah, in the morning. it didn't tell you that you had right, bad yeah. sleep. I I'm really happy that I have my Apple Watch. Uh, I mean, I definitely was shopping and and looking at all these really really nice watches because I thought I needed a nice watch mm-hmm. and and. 
once I got the Apple Watch, I, you know, I just I stopped needing that because I really like this. It it provides like so many helpful things to me in one place. Like I see the time, I see the date, I see my calendar, what my next appointment is, I see how many texts I have unread. Like, you know, I can easily like really quickly take my heart rate if I need to. Like, you know, so you have I the mean, cellular, cellular version. I don't. I don't. Oh, I can't talk to that. I'm I'm really um, almost never away from my phone. Yeah. So, like, I just figure I don't need it. Like, my phone's always within arm's length of me, which See, is I, not a good thing. I got an Apple Watch because I was like, all right, I always have my fucking phone. I need to not always have my yeah. phone. Still didn't do anything. Yeah. Now I'm just, like, staring at my watch all day instead of my phone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad I didn't drop, like, six grand on a Rolex, though. I really want to. I, I know. <laughs> I really want to, too. But, you know, but, like, I don't know. Like, there's just... I, I went through a big like financial transformation since I since I started working at Salesforce. It's like not not that I wasn't making good money before I was, but like once I started working at Salesforce, like I think things just took off. Like my my savings completely changed. The way that I'm looking at my 401k changed. I've got a uh, employee stock purchase plan, so I've got I mean I've got tons and tons and tons of Salesforce stock that I, you know what I mean. Like it's just my financial health and well being. Mm-hmm. really completely changed once I started working at Salesforce. And I think it was just because I could really like capitalize on certain things that are able to shoot you up really fast. Like when you sell for Salesforce, there are times in your year when deals are very easy to find. And because of that, not that they're easy to close, right. but they're easy to find, mm-hmm. right? If you're able to really put in the time and the effort and really kind of like comprehend what is happening in this like super complex, gigantic deal, some of those you close, right? <laughs> and, and when you close a super complex, pretty gigantic deal, mm-hmm. uh, your finances change. And yeah. so, yeah, so. I'm still of the uh, just make more money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I was not really I didn't really care about my money yeah. and what I was doing with it and what it was doing for me mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Like, I think I was just making good money and I didn't care. And I was just spending on whatever I wanted. I was going out to eat. A t- like, there was a time when my wife and I would go to Ocean Prime two or three times a week. <laughs> and, and that's just stupid. Like, it, it's, it, that is not cool. And I thought I was doing it because it was cool. Because okay. I, I just had money to spend and I wanted right. to eat at Ocean Prime. And I wanted to drink super nice whiskey, and I wanted to have a four hundred dollar bill at the end. Of that. Like, I think a lot of salespeople suffer from this affliction. Yeah. It's like I can always make more money. Yeah, like I, I have the skill to go out and just hunt. That's and true. Bring some more money home. That's true. So yeah, I mean, my, after whenever I first started selling, I was like spending so much money. Like yeah. I would make, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm making a lot of money now. <laughs> yeah. I'm only twenty three, making eighty five grand. Yeah, spend every fucking penny. Yeah, spend it all. Yeah. I think I, you know, we we talked at one point about. Sorry, going away from the mic. We we talked at one point about growing up in the country. Um, you told me kind of where you grew up. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Like same here. Like I grew up in Fortville, and it's a country place. And you know, we we weren't poor by any means, but right. I, we didn't have money. Like I it's grew a up, lot different than the city. It's a lot different. Yeah. And I think part of that, and I, maybe I'm just I'm you know. I want it. I want this to be true. Maybe it's not true, but sometimes I think like when you grow up rural a little bit and you get into the city and you start making money, like it's 
it's easy to spend it. Yeah. It's really easy to spend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like being not country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like trying to get away from that. I went from the middle of nowhere where I grew up to Bloomington. And that was like a, almost like a city to me. Yeah. And then to Indianapolis. So like I just became more and more city-fied, for yeah. lack of a better word, and kept having to play the, the, the status game. Yeah. And it's a lot different. The status game in the city is a lot different than it is. the country. It is. I, I remember I, it is, but like it took me a while to get out of Indiana. Right, like I mean, I or I went to school in Orlando, but like it's different. Like Orlando is like its own universe. Like more on that later. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but like you know, I I went out to the East Coast when I when I really like started getting serious about spending time with my wife, and we met each other, and, and we were we started to date. Um, she took me to New York, and I had never been. Right, not that I'd like. I just never had a reason to go. Yeah, if that made sense. Mm-hmm. And and so she took me there, and I was overwhelmed. Like I definitely felt like uh, a country bumpkin. Yeah, yep. Straight up, I was intimidated. I was scared. See, I was super energized by it. I, me too, but like I was also like overwhelmed. I would never want to live there. No, ever. In fact, the older I get, the less I want to live in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I, I want I to could, just go out and get 20 acres and yeah. do my thing. Yeah, I can relate to that. But I, the reason I bring it up at all is I, I went out there and, you know, I, I met people that lived out there and that worked in the city. And, you know, I, I remember having conversations where they were just like, dude, what are we, late 20s? If you're not making multiple millions of dollars in New York City in your late 20s you're not doing it nearly big enough <laughs> you know and I and I was making I don't know a couple you know whatever like between 150 and 200 grand and it was like I thought I was doing it so huge mm-hmm. and I hear this and they're like oh yeah dude if you're not a millionaire in your late 20s in New York like you're average right like you're that's you're wild. very, very, very average. I got some friends that live in Manhattan, and same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they work their dicks off. Man. Oh yeah, they're no. like they all hate their jobs, but they just do it because they have to. It's it's just you know, the one percent. If, if you want to be in the one percent in New York, it's just a, it's just a different. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Like I, I you know, like you, you kind of know, but like you don't until you. I think I've heard some there. like crazy stat. There's like more millionaires in New York than like uh, any other country in the world or something like that yeah I I mean I would believe it I haven't heard that stat but it sounds believable yeah I wonder what that I wonder what the average net worth is I, well, I guess know. there's a lot of poor people there too but well yeah I don't know net worth is I, I think net worth is is it's different than income mm, you yeah. know what I mean like we're, I'm, I'm talking about straight income yeah right because the lifestyle is different too like you 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 pay you might pay what like 10 grand a month for some of the like amazing places that you could live there yeah you might open a mortgage on a seven million dollar brownstone in your late 20s if you're making that much money now now your net worth is way in the negative <laughs> yeah right but if yeah. you make two or three million a year like I'd leave it out, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I might make that decision. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be fun to do for 
Well, not anymore. I'm not attracted to that anymore. But I think maybe like right out of college, it would have been cool. Yeah. So just like, cause I did. I mean, I did grind my dick off right after college for like five or six years. But eventually, I got old, and I started to put more priority on like, okay, how can I work less but make more? Yeah. I don't think that you get you ever get that opportunity in New York. I, I don't know. I I think you know you we were we were talking about the the topics we might talk about on this podcast. You were. You asked me a question. What what's my favorite uh, period of history? And and I think that like I thought about that a second time after I gave some of my answers and and like re- relating that question. What is my favorite period of history? To like earlier we started this conversation by why I wrote that book. Right. Mm-hmm. I spent a couple of years like listening to and reading all of these documentaries and all these periods in history, right? Like Rome. And and I told you, I got really into Napoleon and like all these people who are around Napoleon, like his, like just like buddies and peers and like other people who like did things for him, whatever. Anyway, really interesting stuff. But, but I realized that like I was escaping a huge part of my life by spending so much time learning about all of these histories that are gone. hundred percent. And it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like I do it over and over and over again in fact we, we could do episode three four five and six on just yeah. historical bullshit right that's that's awesome yep but like the reason i wrote the magical now is because like everything is happening right now right now like we're in this conversation right now having this interesting moment that you know we've already had a bunch of different moments of shit we already talked about we're about to have for the next hour or you know whatever like all these interesting moments where you say something that I find interesting, I say something you find interesting, and blah blah blah, right? It's this magical moment that we're having right now, right? And and favorite time in history is fucking today, bro. Today, dude. I feel that. You know, like I've definitely related to what you just said about like, am I escaping by yeah. just like learning about this? Yeah. And I do go back and forth on that a lot because I'm just obsessed with it. I love learning yeah. about it because I feel like there are just so many like adventurous stories. Oh, and, like, man. I love to be able to relate to like what somebody did like 2,000 years ago. It's yeah. like, holy shit, I do that same thing. Yeah. And it's like really cool, but like it can turn into an escapism. Yeah. It's a fantasy, dude. Yeah. It, but it's it not. Is. It, it's exactly It right. is and it's not, right? But like I, I think it, I keep my, my, my purpose in learning this is, okay, how can I apply it to today? Mm. That's yeah. the only way, like, otherwise it just ends up being, like, studying stories of yeah, the magical past. Yeah. yeah. Not the magical now. Right. No, same same, same idea, man. Like, how can I use what I learned and all these things, all, all these people that I read about and, and civilizations that did interesting stuff and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, all these things that I read about that happened 3,000 years ago mm-hmm. or whatever. How do I how do I take that and and apply it to like today and and I started writing because it's like what can I do right now yeah. that helps me kind of progress like I don't know I I, I might have made two or three hundred bucks on this book so far it's been out for two months right I mean after expenses that's not bad mm-hmm. right I the whole time that this book exists I might make. A thousand bucks. I don't know, but I'm gonna. I learned a bunch of stuff. I'm gonna do another one, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do another one, right? And and I think that's how you apply it. Is you just, you just fucking do something right now, right? <laughs> yes. Like, 
just fucking do something right now. <laughs> right. Like perfectly said. Yeah. I, I, uh, another thing that I take from it, from history, and applying it to now, yeah. is human nature. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah. really big on that. Like, I, I think that it's very common today for people to assume that we're different humans than we were, like, 2,000 years ago. Yeah. When, in fact, we're the same exact animal. Yeah. With different toys, basically. Right. Yeah. I relate. Yeah. It, it's good to be able to understand because you can see these things in other people whenever you're dealing with them and like, okay, this person's doing this. This is yeah. exactly how this works out in the end yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I definitely relate. I mean, you know, the, the leaders throughout history that, that we've kind of talked about and, and um, I know that you've written about, like, they were leading in in such a different environment but they they had to like solve problems every single day mm-hmm. and these problems are the same exact type of i mean exactly what you, what you were saying like they're the same exact type of problems that we have to contemplate and like measure and come up with different options plan a and plan b like mm-hmm. what you know what i mean we have to convince other people that one way of thinking or one way of acting is is better than the other like it's it's the same task Mm-hmm. That that leaders today have, and yeah. so I mean, whether you're dealing with like leading the same animal, yeah, like yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's the best part about for me. That's my my favorite part is just like seeing like okay, so like it's really not that different now than it was back then. Yeah, yeah, like you're um, one of one of the things that I found cool. I, I know you like um, uh, Augustus, the the first uh, emperor, and and. Uh, one of the things that I learned about him that I thought was really smart is, is that like he had he had the ability to just be the ruler constantly and just like literally not step down from office. But regularly he would basically say like, "Hey, like I will step down from office. Like this is my time. I, I'm good. this is going to come to an end." And then he would basically have everyone else say, "No, yeah, no, we want you to stay." Yep. Right? And he gave them that that option over and over and over again throughout his entire rule mm-hmm. to just say hey like all right i'm done you uh, unless you want me unless you want time. me back yeah right yep. I, I can be done now if you guys want me to be done but he did a great job of um, like rome like hated the idea of having a tyrant just like america like yeah. we can't imagine having a king yeah like never will that fucking happen in america he did this great thing where he was just like oh i'm just like the first among equals i'm not really like a a king I'm not really an emperor I'm just yeah. the first citizen yeah and it's exactly how he did he just played those little tricks on people yeah and it's just it's, it's so it's crazy how easily people can be manipulated like, yeah we've seen that over the last couple of years yeah just one way or the other people are buying this message from whoever's selling it yeah and completely changing their thoughts around anything in life yeah yeah we, we've seen a lot of um, you know that like you, you, earlier you asked me a question like how do I what do I see in the path of healthcare it's just like this like you know we, we see people that buy ideas and buy news headlines and they buy you know these these things that they think are real mm-hmm. um, because of how and where and who presented it to them right they lie to their doctor but if they're you know little brother comes to them and says hey like, check this out I just learned this crazy thing you need to walk every day because blah 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 like and somebody 
somebody chooses to believe their little brother over their doctor who just told them this. And it's it's about who yeah. and how the message was presented as opposed to the the person who they do or do not trust, right? Right. And so like healthcare messaging and representing that message from uh, a trusted source or somebody who's more relatable or they identify with this, the same way that you know people use Facebook today, like they see these articles that are essentially an, an ad, right? But it's exactly. but but it's it so but it, it's 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 delivered through the concept that it is an article, mm-hmm. right? This is yeah. a news organization that has placed this you know researched report right right in front of me in the form of a write up. Yep. In reality, it's uh, it's commercial. Right. Yeah. It's crazy how, like, um, well, one one thing I wanted to add is, like, n- not only is it like, important who the message comes from, but it's important if you've already made your mind up. Yeah. Because you, like, at, from that point on, we're at a place where nobody's willing to change their mind. Yeah. If new facts are presented, it's fake. Yeah. Fake news. Yeah. And I fall prey to that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read a really, really wide, um, like, set of news articles when I try to like like if you if you're not careful your Apple News app will learn you mm-hmm. and it will only present to you things that it thinks you care about right. so that and you click you on to see. Yep. right so these algorithms like they get to know you and then it, it provides a bias like I'm not saying that Apple is doing that but like it tends to present to me things that oh, I care yeah. about right and yeah. there's a lot more news that's out there so well it's more engaging yeah I have this theory that Online advertising fucked the world up. Because made a lot of people a lot of money. It did, but <laughs> it also just turned into this thing where it only shows you what it thinks you want to see. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, it manipulates everything to go for that click or that view. That's that's an interesting. Topic. And I'm an online you could, advertiser. You 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 could take that multiple steps back and say the same thing though. Like, like I I. I um, I saw this thing on uh, advertisers in the 50s and 60s, like Mad Men, right? Yeah. You, you've seen the show Mad Men. I of mean, we course. all love Mad Men, yeah. right? Well, like, that industry at that time changed the way that, I mean, the entire country, like the entire culture views very specific times in the year, specific holidays, specific things you're supposed to eat at specific time, and, and a lot of those ideas were planted as ads mm-hmm. for industries, like... Which cigarette is healthy? <laughs> right, right. Or like eating eating turkey, right? Like pol- like poultry. There's a there's a poultry. Um, what what am I trying to say? Um, what is it when you go and you talk to a politician and you try to convince them to do something? Oh, um, on behalf of a yeah, company. Yeah. What We're is both it? Both having. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah, that yeah, is. So is everybody else listening? I don't know why we can't. Yeah, yeah. This. Whatever that is called. Yeah, there was there was a company that provided that service for the poultry industry, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, essentially they started basically running uh, print ads in certain magazines and newspapers and whatever mm-hmm. to say that you have to eat turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. And here's why: like, there's a story of you know the. Uh, Thanksgiving pilgrims and the Indians and they had turkey then and mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. So this this you know group basically said, hey, like we need to run ads everywhere so that people buy turkey on Thanksgiving. 
Same I mean, thing, yeah. Same thing with, um, I mean, they did the sugar industry did the same thing with fat. Like, let's let's make fat the enemy. Yeah. Even though we've li- we've lived off fat yeah. for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. Fat's bad. Yeah. Sugar's good. Yeah. So everything went low fat, and now everybody's obese because we have so much sugar and yeah. Don't I burn just fat properly. I, I just like I, I don't disagree with you about online ads, but like the <clears throat> it's advertising at all, right? Yeah. Like this this same concept of like quote unquote ruining the world or 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 what you know however you want to whatever negative outcome you want to mm-hmm. attribute this to, advertising at all yeah is is uh, a huge culture maker. But like anything, technology just like. Yeah, it makes it snowball. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm listening to an audio book right now, Sapiens. Okay, I yeah. Forget, I uh, wanted to look at that one. Uh, dude's got what's, a strange what's name. This uh, yeah, yeah. Let me find his name. Um, you've all know uh, Harari. Yeah, yeah. This guy book is really really interesting, and it talks about some of this. Like it talks about you know, um, humans. One one of the interesting uh, topics is like the the leap from being like a forager mm-hmm. to a hunter-gatherer, which, I mean, kind of the same concept, mm-hmm. and then making, like, that lifestyle adapt to farming. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how farming basically completely ruined, I mean, yeah. human life, basically, yeah. because you became really a slave. Like, and, in, in, you know, you worked really, really, really hard to cultivate the land to grow so much uh, wheat, is is one example of uh, of uh, grain that took over the entire world. I mean, right. every country in the world has a wheat field somewhere, mm-hmm. and and um, it was basically saying that like being a forager was awesome because you got to just like have variety in your diet. You got to try something new all the all the time. Like mm-hmm. you never really you you had to learn the land and and all these interesting ways, and you were like a, a lot more intelligent and and. Um, well-rounded in your diet as a forager and it was a lot more enjoyable like mm-hmm. it's not you know you if you came across something where you could forage a, a lot of whatever you found you got to take a couple of days off like <laughs> you know the cross side of that though is most of like our technological innovation didn't happen until after farming right but it I, I think the 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 point that the book makes though is that once people started farming like it ruined so much of their lifestyle it, yeah. it, it actually shortened lifespan because it made people, people shorter too i mean i don't know if, you, if that's in that book but no i, I don't know to a story about how um people before farming were about like the same size we are now yeah and then whenever people switched over to farming like the ancient like the ancient greeks for example were like eight to ten inches shorter than us wow but before farming they were like same size as us wow so this is yeah, like you're talking about, it's not good for your health. Yeah, no, it was awful. And then like war started because some groups wanted to go like rob all of their grains, basically. Like it, I don't know. Damn, that's an yeah. interesting thought. Right yeah, there. it basically like just ruined everything. And then and then then they started creating numbers, number systems to like actually keep track mm-hmm. of all of the production of of what people did. That led to bureaucracy. Right, bureaucracy sucked because they had to have all these like filing systems for all these records of like mm-hmm. who owned what land and what they did. It, it's just it's a really interesting like progression of human life and culture just getting shittier and shittier and shittier as it advances. Yeah. Right, and the farther back you go, it's like oh, actually they had it really really good. They had it yeah, really, really really interesting. Yeah. It's like 
all the comforts that we have now wouldn't exist if that if those changes didn't happen. Yeah. But what if we didn't need all these comforts? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about all the bullshit you go through to have those comforts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even the bullshit that we don't go through, but somebody on the other side of the world's going through. Yeah. True. Um, have you? Oh shit! I forgot where I was going. Skip that. Skip, okay. skip that thought. Okay. Damn it. You're good, dude. I don't know. We've we've definitely talked about a lot of random shit. That's yeah. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Sapiens. What else have you learned from it? I I'm really halfway through it right now. I you know, besides the book, like I've learned that like I've I've stepped away from consuming books as mm-hmm. as often as I was. Like I went through like a huge spike in just being obsessed with consuming yeah information. So you get stuck in that learning. Yeah, process. and I like listening to the book again and or like listening more frequently these days, like I kinda realized like how much I needed to just chew on it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. sometimes you, you're so I, I got so obsessed with just collecting more Speaking my language, dude. It, interesting mm-hmm. stories, collecting more knowledge and information, mm-hmm. and and that was really that was great. You know, I wouldn't say don't do that, right? Anybody that's listening who's trying to decide whether to listen to a bunch of books or not, definitely listen to the books. Yeah, right. Don't do it forever. Yeah, but like sometimes you have to take a step back and just like digest it all, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's that's the mode that I'm in right now. Is I'm 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 really like thinking through all the things that I've learned, all the things that I've heard, this book in particular, like I'm taking it slow. I'm taking it really slow. Like I, I think a lot of people who listen to Audible, they just zoom through these books, mm-hmm. right? Like they listen to, like I, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I listen to books on like 2x speed because I, you know, it's a, it's a 30 hour book exactly. and I want to get through it in 15 hours yep. instead. Right. And, and so <laughs> like now I'm listening to it really slowly. Hmm. And I'm letting it sink in, you know? I don't know. If I've that... always found, like, if I get out of balance between consumption and production, mm-hmm. like, I get completely clogged up. If, all I, if, I'm listening, if I'm listening to a ton of books, reading a ton of books, but not putting anything out from my brain, yeah. I get clogged up. Nothing else. Nothing yeah, goes it's well. got It's got a flow. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I think there's... To me, I found that to be extremely important. Otherwise, like, what am I learning for? Yeah. Just to know more shit and yeah. talk about more shit on a podcast. Oh yeah, no. I show somebody how smart yeah. I am. Yeah, I felt really stupid. I, I'd go out uh, in territory and I'd I'd be meeting all these people, these really smart people that, you know, they're running these gigantic companies, and we have dinner, mm-hmm. or we go out for drinks after the meeting, or you know, right? Like, and and I found myself like trying to to share all of these facts that I had learned yeah. or like I tr- like trying to sound cultured or worldly <laughs> or educated or whatever or, or just interesting to bring up these things and I, I sounded so stupid because it, it was just it was such a like random dumb thing to bring it up fit right like it just it was me trying to show off just to show off that's a really like douchebag thing to do and once you, once you realize that you're a douchebag you, you know you're just like <laughs> Oh man, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be like this. So, so would you say though that <laughs> knowing all this helps you make better decisions? Yeah. 
I Absolutely. see that's where I come that's where I'm at and yeah like, I definitely consume or have consumed too much I've been in that that learning stuck in the learning phase many times yeah but I'm also better off for it yeah it's easy I, make, I feel like I make better decisions because I have a bigger memory bank of yeah shit to draw upon oh yeah and, and to compare things to like there, there was a big couple of years ago. Um, I think it got really popular on on Instagram. A lot of people were posting a bunch of a bunch of shit about how you should know yourself. It was like know thyself, right? I, I needed, you know, it's good to know thyself. Like it just became this like motivating thing. That a lot yeah, of people know your worth. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> but people were posting a lot about it, and I, I think that's great. Like people started to think about that, but like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, n- like applying that concept to really seeing yourself differently and and what you just said being able to like have this bank this archive of all of these things to compare yourself to right helps you know yourself better yeah it helps you recognize certain like oh that's that's what i'm doing Mm -hmm. and i that's either helping me or not yeah or that's actually genuine and that's actually who i am and what i think or it's not or i'm you know i'm I'm writing a book just to tell somebody to fuck themselves, right? Is that book for them or is it for me? Or is it for me to f- tell them to fuck you? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I love that though. I don't I'm know if that still, makes sense. I don't know if that makes me childish, but I still love the old fuck yous. Let's, yeah, yeah. Can't get over that part. No, that's cool. Yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> I definitely do too. But it's, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know the, the thread that I'm going on here, but it's just like, Yes, the you know the question was like, do you think that's made you better? Is, you know, I, I do, and it's mm. because of exactly that. Like, it helped me, it helped me learn who I was. Yeah, right. Rather than like constantly trying to make myself into something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. If that I think makes sense. I think it definitely helped mold my thinking too. Yeah. So I, th- I didn't really get into reading. Like, I don't know if I opened any. I don't. Actually, never bought any college textbooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I didn't really start reading until after college. Yeah. And same. Like I. I don't know. I feel like those first five years right after college were like the most important for shaping who I would become as an adult. Because like you're trying to figure out who you yeah. are, and putting that good information into your brain only improves like your development. In my yeah. Mind. So I'm glad I did it. But Definitely. I've definitely been in that place many times where I'm just like, all right, why the fuck am I even? Yeah. Like, why do I care who did what in this yeah. like, 10,000 years ago? Yeah. It's, I don't know, like, I, I when I was really obsessed with, with Napoleon, there's this guy named um, Talleyrand, mm-hmm. I think. Talleyrand. Yeah. Yeah. Talleyrand. This guy, his whole life is a soap opera. Yeah. Right? Like, he, like, was a, he, was a, he was a sly bastard. He was. He was. And, you know, so like, when people get really like interested in these in these dramas, these like series, you know, these shows, like I mean, like like Sopranos, right? Like best show ever, right? I mean, who it. who doesn't love what? I know. I what know. Uh, time out? What'd you say? I've never watched it. Well, somebody see. I asked somebody who I like really take their word, like I really trust them. And yeah. They said it's too old. Don't even worry about it. And they're much older than me and wiser. Said don't even worry about it. Hey. You know, I'd say. Are you telling me differently? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. I'm gonna watch it. If you if you took a poll, if if the episode of this podcast that we're recording right now came with a poll, watch Sopranos or not watch Sopranos, I'd say 99 percent of the people who take that poll are gonna say watch Sopranos. (laughs) 
Like <laughs> most of the people that listen to this are young. Well, they need to watch Sopranos. <laughs> if you're All young right. and you if you haven't watched Sopranos yet, watch Sopranos. Have you read any uh, Robert Greene books? Yeah, that, I think All that's of them. really how I got into his. Yeah, yeah. Every every one. Yeah, of we've his talked books. about this before. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Greene is is awesome. He one of the one of the things that's cool about Robert Greene is there's a bunch of authors that are really really popular right now because of him. Because of him. Yeah. Right, Ryan Holiday. Yeah, yeah. The stories and like the 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 style of writing is exactly like yeah. what he's put out. Well, that's that's the if I write the fuck ups of our forefathers, it's going to be pretty much the way that he breaks it down. You have to, and it's the best. You have to. It's it's a good it's a good model, like a history lesson. Pulls out some knowledge, you know, some chunks of like what you need to kind of like take from the story, and then you know it's like lesson. Yes. Next. Reversal. Next yeah. topic. Yeah. I'm, I'm rereading 48 Laws right now. That's awesome. So good. I've, I've read it a, a couple times. Man. The 24-hour-long uh, version on Audible? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Good. If anybody hasn't listened to that book, there's a free version on YouTube. It's a nine-hour version. It's legit. It's awesome. It's very legit. I really like Mastery, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was a game-changer for me. Just yeah. Li- like taking a long-term view on like who I want to become mm-hmm. instead of like trying to get this done today everything yeah. done today like taking that long-term view yeah and become a master eventually oh yeah the so the, cool. the thing that I I really liked about those books and I've, I've read 48 laws a couple times I've gifted 48 laws a lot um it's always weird to talk about though yeah but but like what I what I told people when I bought it for them and I sent it to them is that there's much more value in seeing what other people are doing because yes. you've read this book than you implementing any of it yourself. Yeah. Right? Some like it's pretty dark. Some of it some of it you should absolutely know how to do. Right. Yeah. If you need to know how to do that. Yep. Those things yep. that are detailed in the book. But but so many times recognizing that somebody else is is acting in a particular way or attempting to do something or trying to be like um, false in the way that they're engaging with you being able to see that and understand why they're doing it and what they want yep. right and and being able to either go along with it or know how to Just not to go it. along with it yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's that that's where the value is yeah. right it's more of a defense book than an offense book agree that's a very good way to put it I'm uh, writing right now a little thing about, like, it's from, I forget what law, I think it's Law 2, or maybe even Law 1, Never Outshine the Master. Yeah, like, great one. Yeah, if your boss doesn't like you, it's because you either suck at your job or you make them nervous. Yeah, yeah. So make them look better. Well, I I think that's a really, really good one. I, I think it's also good when when you are the boss. Yeah, you know, you know what yep. I mean. Like when you are the boss, mm-hmm. I, I think you have to let. I think you have to let people shine a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's like the opposite of the law, right? right. When 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 you have a boss that you're uh, in some ways competing against, great law to understand and and make sure that you don't you know break that law, right? But when but when you are the boss, you ha- I think you have to let people. Um, a, like win mm-hmm. and shine and like get the light kind of you know shown on them a little bit mm-hmm. to say hey like amazing job yeah there are like, some look laws, what you did 
There's some laws in there that's like that doesn't seem like a good leader thing to do. <laughs> like uh, one of them is uh, get others to do the work for you, but take all the credit. Yeah, it's not a good leadership no, role. No. So it's. I mean, it's still helpful to know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's some things in there. It's just like, man, that doesn't seem like something I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great book though. I I think um, um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of those books that like sometimes it's really hard to connect to exactly what's happening in your life. Like you really have to like think deep and like really stretch to like try to find a connection or a situation that either has happened to you or is happening to you. Like the art of war. I've read it multiple times. It's a great book. It's a really, really, really great book. Don't get me wrong. I really love the idea that I'm at war, Mm -hmm. but I'm really not right. Like I'm really, I'm not actually at war. You know what I mean? Like my life is actually pretty chill. So I read that book every day. Oh, I'm. I, I know you day. do. I've 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 seen I've seen <laughs> that you do. That's why I brought it up. Like it's it's a great book, but like some of it doesn't help at all. But some of it's really good. I don't know, man. I just I'm really at peace right now. I'm like, it's full on the golden age of my life right now. I'm not at war. I'm not fighting anybody. I'm not trying to get over on anybody. Like sales actually is more service oriented for me these days. Yeah. It's not, I'm not trying to win. It's not this thing where I've got this big victory. Like it's, it's just trying to do something really good for people who have a problem. And just so happens I've got the best stuff on earth right. to solve your problems. All it we have to like a mature it's, approach to life. It's, it's <laughs> I'm just not there. It's way more, um, slow. Like, you know, I, I read, one book I read over and over and over again. I probably read it. Well, I've read it a lot. I don't know how long, how many right. times I read. It. I don't know. I don't want to quote some number or whatever. But I read the the Tao Te Ching, and I read it so many times because I had no idea what it was saying. Like mm-hmm. it was so confusing. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you've ever. So I felt about the Five Rings. Miyamoto Musashi. Yeah. Yeah. Musashi. This is stupid. This is not helpful. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got some balls though. I, I like it. Yeah. He's definitely confident. I mean, he's, he's, his confidence in that book is all time. Yeah. Like, but, but the Tao though, what I'm talking about, I, I really like relate to that more than, than ever because it's, it really talks about how like, there's just a way that things are supposed to go. I need to read that. And if you just understand the way that things are supposed to go and let it, let it go that way, everything will work out. Everything will be fine. Everything is going to do exactly what it's supposed to do because there is a specific way that everything is supposed to go. It's when you try to like go outside of it or change it or like, you know, divert the river, like build your own dam in the flow of your life to divert the river in a different direction that shit gets fucked up. The river overflows, the river breaks your dam, the river like you get in the you put yourself in between the way and the way it's supposed to go because you want to change it you want to control all this shit yeah right and i and i do too like i'm not saying yeah. that i i'm not that way but like right now my life is like just i'm in the flow dude i'm That's in the good. you know what i mean yeah and it's just it's just nice it's just nice what do you think puts you in the flow is it like consistency in like different areas of your life I, I think we try to complicate so many things okay. and we try to, um, how do I, how do I articulate this in a way that is going to make sense if, I, if we were to listen to this back <laughs> at some point, um, 
we try to complicate things. We try to make things so difficult. And I got to do this before I do this, and I got to do that. And then there's like this huge like checklist of all these goals. Like that, I, that is how I normally live my life. Don't get me wrong. Right. I normally live my life by creating these checklists and complicating the shit out of it and setting all these yeah, you send me a steps and like these goals. Oh my God. Like, I do that all the time, right? <laughs> but, but like what ends up happening is I, I over control all these things. Yep. And I can't do something else because it doesn't fit into this bullshit plan that I came up with in my head one day because I thought this is the way that it was supposed to go. Man, I wonder how much shit I'm like holding myself back from because I'm sticking to some plan that yeah, I just dude. insist upon. And and sometimes you just got to let go. You got to let it go and just wake up and breathe. And then something's going to happen and something's going to happen and something's going to happen and you're just going to show up to a call one day with no plan, no agenda, no goal no whatever and you're just going to have a real moment a real conversation with somebody and it's going to go so well and like that's that's the type of stuff that happens to me all the time like I'll just be in a conversation with no plan like right now we have no plan for this no right, right. but we filled I mean well over an hour I gotta go here soon actually hour and but, 20 yeah but and it's just it's just gone the way it's gone yeah right just kind of let it flow yeah. I did I just ordered the data chain yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's legit. I, you're gonna have to read it like, fifteen times. I think with these old wisdom books, that's like, kind of what you're supposed to do with them. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like Art of War, gotta read a million times before you even understand anything. Yeah. Uh, the Book of Proverbs, learn something new every time. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Proverbs book, is good. Yeah, that's like one of the best things my dad taught me is read a chapter of Proverbs every day. I don't do it anymore, but I've done it so many times yeah. that like. That's a huge book. Yeah. If you're trying to be successful, it's like the original book on success. Yeah. Um, but I think these old wisdom-filled books are like, you're just supposed to keep reading them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My favorite book of all time is The Alchemist. And I learn something from that every time as well. Yeah. Did, um, the guy who wrote that, wasn't he like Spanish or like Portuguese? Yeah. or? Uh, or like, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. He's Latin. Of Latin yeah, yeah. Like like he's, yeah. Paulo he, Coelho. Yeah, yeah. It's got a few books, but yeah, that book is yeah. That's really I get something out of it every time. I yeah, I, I like as a man thinketh um, by James Allen, it, it, but but more more because that's a quick read. By the it's way, it's a really if anybody quick wants read. to read that. That's yeah, a must. Yeah, it's actually not much longer than the Tao. Like the Tao is going to take you an hour to read. Oh no shit! Yeah, it's okay. really short actually. And, okay. But but like it's like so confusing yeah. that like <laughs> is it like dense? It's just confusing. Yeah. Like I can't even. I, I mean, like I'd bring up, I'd bring up an excerpt from it and read it right now, and you'd be like, "What? <laughs> what did that say?" Right? Yeah. But like you read it over and over again, you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, no, well, no, you know." But, but anyway, uh, I I listened to The Alchemist once, okay. and um, it it felt like this is the this is probably the wrong word, but it kind of felt like a fairy tale. Like it was like a Mm. Like a like a fable or so, yeah. I don't know you know I what I mean love like fables though yeah <laughs> yeah I, I really do like um, five dysfunctions of a team like those have you ever read that no there's um, the go giver that's another one of my favorite books of all time it's also a parable mm. go giver I think I have a list of like my top fifty books and go giver is like number two I think wow yeah I. 
narrative or or like not fiction per se but just you know like like a story mm-hmm. I I just I don't know I come away with it thinking that like I'd rather read something that's like nonfiction. Okay. I, it's just my pre- just yeah. preference. Like I, I don't know. Like I have a hard time like making a fable real. Yeah. Or like drawing out some type of like. I like stories because that's how like humans have passed on lessons. Right? Totally. Yeah. It may. I don't know. No, I, I mean I, I like Forrest Gump. See, I love. I, I love the movie. That too. I don't. Even, I don't get the what the lesson of Forrest Gump is. I don't, there's tons things. of lessons. Yeah, I guess I need to rewatch. I mean, there's a lesson in every years. scene in Forrest Gump. Really, like if you think. I mean, if you watch it like that. Yeah. But I need to watch it then. I mean, the Dow, right? Like we were just talking about the Dow. There's a scene. If you've seen Forrest, Gump. you've at least seen it once. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a scene where Lieutenant Dan. You know, it's after he got drunk. It's it's when he shows up on the stripping boat. He works on the shrimping boat every day, and it's a pretty chill job. Like, you know, they catch shrimp, and they sell the shrimp, and they catch more shrimp, and blah, blah, blah. Right? Well, he he stops. It's at the sunset, and he looks at Forrest, and he's like, hey, I never thanked you for saving my life. Right? And he falls in the water, and he starts doing the backstroke into the sunset. Right? Mm. That is the Tao. That moment is the Tao. It's just letting go and doing the right thing. He, he thanked Forrest for the first time in, ever, right? Mm-hmm. He did the right thing, and he just let go. He doesn't have legs, dude, and he falls in the water, and he starts backstroking into the sunset in the middle of the like Caribbean. I don't know where he was. Like, that is you know, poetic. It's, it's, it's a moment where he just lets go and... He lets go of his grief and he lets go of his bad feelings and he lets go of all this this shit and he just trusts that he's gonna float and swim. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean? Like that's the Tao, dude. I, I don't know. That's probably I don't know if that made sense no, no, at all. That's a that's a perf- yeah, it's a very poetic thing. So do the right thing and the world takes care just of it. Just let go, yeah. Just let go. I don't know. All right, man. Yeah. I know you got to go. Yeah. Magical now. Thank you, dude. dude I appreciate it. This was fun. I'm going to put a, I'm gonna put a link in the in the show notes, um, but I do want people to follow you as well. Uh, so where can they follow you? Yeah. Um, so I've got two Instagram pages. Well, I've got like 20 Instagram pages, but uh, I've got two that are my main uh, two pages for this book. Uh, my uh, main handle is Mean Maddie Green. Um, and then uh, at the magical now is the the page about the book. So if you read it, post something about it. I, I appreciate it. Um, this was fun, man. Thank you. Yeah, dude. I loved having you on. So right on, man. I hope we can do this again. Yeah, we should. Right. Yeah. Right. See you, folks.